When do you remember feeling alone? Like the last time, like the most recent? Yeah, maybe just any time. It's funny, I read uh, information about this, I'll talk afterwards, but... Last time I felt alone... Uh, it's hard to talk about that time. Mm. No, I don't particularly want to get into it today, if That's I'm honest. So, but do you remember? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Do you remember the feeling? Well, of course. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets that feeling, though. Like, um, at, at least at some point. Now, mine, luckily for me, mine was only short term. Mm-hmm. Like, mine, I didn't feel like I don't have any chronic illness that says I'm lonely. Like, I forget how, how the doctors put it. Being chronically lonely, I think, is like its, like its own term. Yeah. So, but yeah. Do you want to even describe the feeling that you felt? It's more as like, it's me getting into my own head, like feeling alone, and then I just keep going down that thought and that rabbit hole of like, you know, who, who do you really have that's like really, really close to you? And like, how much do they really care about you? So it can be quite a, a, to- a tough topic to talk about, which is why we're talking about it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, um, I'm just curious because you were, you, you just spoke very generally. Like, it is a feeling when, not that specific time. Do you remember the feeling that you felt at that specific time? You don't need to talk about... Yeah, it's similar to just pain. Pain. Like gen, like just like Physical? you fall, fall and hit your knee, and it's sore. Like it's that type of pain, but only it's like internal, but it has the same effect. Where did you feel the pain? Uh, heart. Yeah. So. Like a heartache. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was pretty. It's not a nice feeling to it's have not. ever. No. Um, it's hard to talk about. I get that. But what about you? Me? Um, I'll not talk about when it was, why it was, or anything, but, you know, I felt the feeling as well. Um, I felt the heartache before, but that specific time, I felt empty. Where did you feel empty? It was just in jet, like life. My whole or... body. Mm. Like it was the physical feeling of just feeling empty. Now some people like listening to that if they've never felt that will think that that's very strange. But I think it's only until you've felt it that you can sort of relate to it. If you yeah. know what I mean. It was just like an empty void. It's like there's, and that's how I knew it was loneliness because there was nothing that was holding me to anything. There was no attachment, because when you feel attachment, you feel something. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Mm. It's a horrible, horrible feeling to feel. Um, yeah, and lonely for, like, the definition of lonely, like, you instantly think about just somebody, like, on their own. But, like, mm. it's hard to remember that being lonely doesn't depend on how many, like, friends you have or your friendships you have. It's, it's down to your own... Like it's down to your own subjective thinking and of the quality of your relationships that you have and how that like people can feel alone actually want social interaction but their own mind and body are fighting against them to do it because of the feelings that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can be tough to realise that being alone isn't on your own. Like you can be in a group of a hundred people and still feel alone. Hundred percent. So Feelings of loneliness are so personal, though, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, everyone's experience of it is different. Yeah. You know, no no two people are the exact same. No, never. You know? But, yeah, loneliness doesn't discriminate. Everybody can feel it. Mm-hmm. And almost everybody has felt it at some point in their yeah. life. You know? Um. The good thing is loneliness can be spotted, though. So... Do you think so? Mm-hmm. There was a study that was shown that in a six-month period in a social network, people that were classified as lonely, either mm. to themselves or to the group, yeah. were actually pushed out of the group. 
so you can spot loneliness and also people in social groups like to push people that are aren't contributing to a friendship group try and push them out and the surprising thing that i read about this one was the fact that also the people that were the closest friends to whoever was feeling lonely also got pushed to the periphery wow. of the group so it's like so we can see it but in that study now this won't happen all the time i actually like to think that more people would help people are lonely than not mm. but in this particular study in a six-month period, they were pushed to the periphery of the friendship group. Now, whether that means kicked out or whether that means just not really involved anymore or let out and not always going out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it takes people six months, apparently. I can 1,000% say that. I can. I just wouldn't... I wouldn't want to classify that as... Like, that particular study as gospel i would prefer to classify that as one type of loneliness you know there's a lot of strains of loneliness we think a lot about a lot of people that struggle with loneliness maybe not a lot but there are some that are maybe in the epicenter of that friendship group like you said earlier you know it doesn't i loved what you said it's about the Sometimes it's about the quality of the friendship, mm-hmm. the quality of the relationships, you know. So people that feel lonely could be those ones in that study that were pushed out to the side and some, yeah. as I say, are the epicenter. You know, they could be known whenever you're younger as, you know, the ringleaders and stuff of, yeah. of a friendship group or, or whatever, you know. Popular um, kids. The popular kids, yeah. I think one um, one common description of loneliness is the feeling we get when our need for rewarding social contact and relationships isn't met. I think that was one that I found. And I just thought that that was worth putting in here. Yeah. You know? I would definitely, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, you can, it's not, it's not obviously the only way you can feel lonely. Exactly. You, know, you can yeah. feel lonely from, from loss, from actually yeah. moving to a different place. Like if you move to a different city, yeah. you, know, like you can, feel quite lonely coming in not knowing anybody or not doing anything or people with low self-esteem don't mm-hmm. see themselves as upbeat people just are hard on themselves and that can make them feel lonely as well yeah. so it's not only just the quality of friendships although that will definitely help somebody not feel lonely yeah but some people choose to be alone and live like happily with little social contact i mean they're commonly known as introverts like me I mean, <laughs> you know, like, and yeah. that's fine. Like, you know, these introverts, I think maybe now you're seeing like a, a more of a social, I would say social acceptance of them. And if anything, introverts is kind of becoming more of a popular term yeah. because of, you know, COVID and everyone's like, you know, there's not as much social interaction and, you know, every extrovert, you know, turned into an introvert as everyone likes to say <laughs> on social media and there's so many TikToks going on about it. But like, or anyone that was an introvert before is like, they didn't realize that they could hit this level of being an introvert and stuff. Yeah. Where like, you, you just, you prefer the time on your own. You prefer your own space and your own company. And, you know, sometimes you have to recharge before you can start interacting with other people and those people don't feel alone no see that's the whole thing like being alone is that's why i said it was subjective to like each individual and how they think because as you said like you can do nothing for 364 days a year but then do something with a big massive group of people for one yeah. day and that that's good for you and if yeah. that's good for you then perfect yeah i mean nobody's yeah. holding you back so, like we're not talking about you need to go out more it's no. not where it's just this is more at least I thought I'm not speak for you about trying to help people that may feel lonely and if you don't know that maybe some of the things that we're saying can cause loneliness or what how people feel you can relate and go ooh and maybe have a little talk with yourself yeah you know I think I um because originally when we were we were trying to come up with um the topic for this this episode you wanted you were like should we talk about coronavirus and I was like oh, I don't yes but like I don't I don't really want to talk about it explicitly right now just because it's always being spread yeah. everywhere and then I thought why don't we talk about loneliness 
Yeah. And you were like, I mean, you jumped at the chance on that, which is brill. Um, we just need to, re- we just need to get rid of the stigma around yeah. loneliness. There's a huge stigma around. There's loneliness. a huge stigma around loneliness. You know, like I um, there's there's one, it's one thing, hearing about loneliness, you know, and relating to it, mm. but it somehow becomes a lot more difficult and hard when you admit that you're lonely. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, I think also, like, with your initial question, at the start of all this, mm-hmm. like, that itself, for somebody that feels lonely, say, maybe more than once, once a week, that can be a really hard question to answer, because it might actually put you more pull you more away from talking about it because some people might need to just talk about it in baby steps to get out oh so would you prefer that question that I asked when do you remember feeling alone would you prefer that people don't ask that not as an opener no because I mean, the thing I was reading, I haven't got it down in my notes, so I can't remember offhand, but people have, there's been studies that that actually pulls people away from talking about it. Mm. It makes people feel more alone, answering questions like that, or asking, like, when was the last time you were alone, or things like that pull people away. It's like, it was more open to people picking themselves when to do something, mm. like, to when to go out, or... Or how do you, like, do you want to go out? It was more going down that way. Or is there any reason why you're not want to go on, like, why you don't want to go out today? Is there any reason why you don't want to have that drink with your friend that you were thinking of doing? No, you don't. Rather than asking, like, putting lon- like putting lonely, or the word lonely, in the sentence immediately makes people shell off. Like, I mean, I didn't really answer the question. Yeah, but maybe from... I, I totally 1000% agree with you that it it's um beyond an icebreaker that type yeah. of question you know it's more like a an iceberg coming straight at you but from the perspective of the person that's asking it i would you not think that it's important to just swallow it and say it and have the other person swallow it because what i noticed i can read your body language Never mind the fact yeah. that you don't want to answer it. If you ask a friend that, that maybe you're you're not sure how they're feeling, and I got a cold response, I would know that my friend is is having problems with loneliness or or had problems a while ago. And if they can talk about it now, then they've healed from it. Yeah. And if they can't, you know, they're they're still healing. It or maybe haven't healed yeah, it yet because everyone hates differently as well. Yeah. Exactly, and that's. I just prefer to ask the question outright. You know, it is a bit bold. Yeah. But to know where that person that I love is, how do I need to treat them? Yeah. Going forward, you know, do I need to maybe keep an eye on them a little bit more? Do I need to try and invite them a little bit more? Should I maybe, you know. Should I maybe consider when we meet up to go to theirs instead if they feel more yeah. comfortable being at their house? Or do they only feel comfortable being in a house? So I say, do you want to come to mine or shall I come to yours? Or do you know what I mean? It's stuff like that where it's... Then you know where to go from there. Yeah. And you can maybe tell somebody that cares for them and loves them too. You know, here, listen, like, don't make a big song and dance out of it, but I spoke to such and such, you know, and I asked this question and they were a bit hesitant and, you know, maybe we need to be a, bit, a little bit more sensitive with the subject. Maybe we should really open our eyes, you know, make sure that yeah, our friend is, or our loved one is being seen, that they, they don't feel lonely, you know, and if it's the space that they need, then you give them the space, but it's more like at that point you have an understanding of how they answered the question. You have more of an understanding on where they are, mm-hmm. you know. It's even really prevalent in marriages. People to feel lonely. Oh my god, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually have a stat here for you. Do you? Mm-hmm. That, and this is in the UK. This is from the UK website. So It says more than 60% of people 
that are classed as lonely, that they class themselves as feeling lonely, mm. are married. Wow. Due to like not sharing deep feelings or anything with their significant other, or having any conversations with them about how they've been feeling or what they're doing, and you just sort of lose touch with each other. So that's it's that, tough. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was at the start where we were both agreeing that like loneliness, you can be alone and have so many people around you. Like you can be alone and be married. Mm-hmm. So, although I don't know why that feels, but <laughs> yeah, so, like that's over half. Yeah. Obviously, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> trying to prove the point. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get in that point. Just that we're on statistics. Um, I don't have specific. Specific stats, but I, but I have numbers. Um, specifically for the for the UK government, so they have um an annual January loneliness report. Um, oh, every right. year, so they do. Um, so I assumed you looked at this. Yes, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. Um, so they do have one out for twenty twenty one. Um, the most recent one. So it's it's well that our government are looking at it, but. I just want to read this out. So the UK government stated on their um, annual January 2021 loneliness report that this so this is a quote. We have awarded £31.3 million of funding to charities tackling loneliness during COVID-19 through the government's £570 million charity funding package. So this includes... 1,157 funds awarded to small or medium-sized charities supporting people who experience loneliness and social isolation, with nine national charities supported through the £5 million COVID-19 loneliness fund. So, it can be hard to get your head around those numbers. Um, Yeah, (laughs) because there's a lot of numbers just to be read at you. But to break it down, the UK government have a funding package for charities of seven hundred and fifty million. Okay. Okay, that's their budget for charities. Thirty one point three million of that of the seven hundred and fifty million mm-hmm. is going to loneliness charities. What do you think of that? Just curious. Cause, well, off you... not knowing how many loneliness charities that is split between, I, I don't think I have a problem with that. Like, that seems like a lot of money to go to charities, especially when you have many, many charities for many different things all over the world. Well, mm-hmm. for many different aspects, or at least over the UK. I mean, 750 million, so what, 30 million of that? I don't even know. My maths is failing me for percentages, but <laughs> I'm gonna say something like two percent. Do you think it should be more to loneliness charities, or do you think that they're, you know, they're on the right, the right track? I think the more money you can give the charities, the better. Obviously, yeah. But but to these lonely, like to these charities that help people who experience loneliness and social isolation. I would say it depends on where they're getting the money from like where where the money comes out of because that's 150 million if you give more to loneliness you have to take away from something else mm-hmm. so it depends because i don't know off top hand how well it's split you're being very political like a politician right now you're just yeah, well, not saying yes or no <laughs> I, well, I don't i don't know whether that's good or not like I, I, I just that's why i'm answering like a politician i think it's okay yeah yeah. So you think, yeah, it sounds it sounds that's reasonable. Sound, it sounds, sounds like reasonable. Yeah. On the right path. Mm-hmm. Now you're gonna hit me with something that's gonna completely change. Me. No, no, no. Oh, I'm just oh. wondering. Like, it's just I'm just curious. So, um, there was another research finding on that report. Okay. Um, suggesting the groups most at risk. Okay. Of loneliness, and they're actually the same as before. The COVID. 19 outbreak. Right, okay. So they are. So what age groups are? Well, what age groups? So there's young adults aged between 16 to 24. So that's us. That's our age range. Still us, yeah. 
Is that the most, or is that just the one that's first one on the list? That's just the first one on the list. Okay. Um, those with a disability or long-term illness and health conditions are still yeah. at the highest risk of, of loneliness from before pre- and post-COVID outbreak. Um, those of a lower income, you know, mm. households of yeah. lower incomes. Um, however, some other groups are more at risk than before including students who were highlighted as being one of the groups more at risk of loneliness in research led by Dr. Daisy Fancourt. So now students are in that. Yeah, that would make sense as well. I think so everyone would feel a bit more alone in these times because you don't have the same connections with people. Yeah, but it's important though that you know to remember when you think of student you're you're still thinking of that, you know, the young adults aged between 16 to 24. But it's not. There's a lot of older students. Yeah. There's a lot of older students. Mm-hmm. So these people are now put into the highest category. You know, they're they're with us now. And then you think well then what also happens to the young adults? 16 to 24, who were already in it, but who are also students. Yeah. Is it harder for them now? Is it harder for us to get out of it? What do you think? Do you feel alone? Right now, no. I don't I don't feel alone. You don't? I haven't felt alone. Mm-hmm. Call me lucky. But, um... <laughs> no, I haven't felt alone for a, a, a good wee while. Like... The last time would have been probably a year ago. Oh, a pat on the back to you, sir. Mm. No, when I say alone, I mean like feeling alone for like at least a day. Like obviously you get you get spells of maybe you feel it for like an hour or so and then something happens and you decide that no, you're okay. And yeah. Shake it off and mm-hmm. all that. So. Because I would say I experienced that. I experienced loneliness. When was the last I'm, time? Like, time-wise? Like, do you feel like you've done it recently, or...? Yeah, I can totally see it with being a student. Mm. You know, I can feel really alone when it comes to, to my uni life. When uni life, you're supposed to be in campus, and yeah. you're supposed to be surrounded by all your friends, and I got a glimpse of that for a semester, and then got, you know, it all got ripped out from underneath all of us, and um, sometimes I do feel really alone, you know, that I had that glimpse of camaraderie in the library of just, well, let me help you here. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I mean, some of my friends, well, obviously, we still talk every day and for muni and stuff, but it's just not the same, you know. So I have a survey from the Office of National Statistics that showed a connection between loneliness and those experiencing high levels of anxiety. Do you think that's surprising? No, I think they both intertwine with each other. So being like, So you're not surprised? No, that loneliness and anxiety intertwine. No. I'm not. Because you see, normally loneliness is associated with depression. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. anxiety. No, I, but I feel like anxious people would anxious people oh yeah anxious people anxious people yeah people that feel anxious more than other people would that's not bad saying that anxious people do you reckon yeah what's bad I do what's, what's bad to say anxious people well explain what, explain what you mean by just anxious so just people that are more anxious than other people in general yeah just in general like that's why like lonely people are would be people that feel lonely more than other people. I'm not saying that like that's them in their entirety and that's it. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. No. Yeah. But people that suffer from anxiety, I would say, have more of a connection with loneliness because you would feel more anxious and then maybe hesitate to go out, but really actually want to go out. But your anxiety is playing a factor in keeping you inside. Mm. And then that would result in then feeling lonely because you want to go out and back to what I said earlier being 
that it's our minds that make us feel lonely. Now sometimes we genuinely are alone, and that's also, but it can that's also very sad. And I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm stumbling a lot. Hmm. We all confusticated. Why? Because of anxious people. <laughs> that was okay. Okay. Well, let's well let's explore that. Let's explore that. I just think because when you say anxious people. It's not that they choose to be anxious. No, I don't think people that are lonely choose to be lonely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you think that it's nice to turn around and say, oh, they're a lonely person? No. Or, you know, these lonely people. Generalizing these... is not nice. Exactly. See, that's, like, that's just my point. Like, I get that you come from, like, a heart of gold when you say it. It's just being aware of what you say and, and maybe how some people can take it yeah can just take it i mean i would rather i would rather if i was going to be referred or put into a box with anxiety i would rather have someone to turn around and you know refer to me as oh like yeah rachel has you know she has anxiety instead of being like she's an anxious person because that is that's like generalizing me all the time do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and there's some people that maybe work on say for instance loneliness yeah that are, you know, they're trying to work on not trying to be lonely all the time. Yeah. So generalizing them and going, they're a lonely person. You, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Well, sure, that's why, after a bit of thought, I correct myself. Yeah. So, because so, it's not nice to generalize. I shouldn't have done it. Don't be sorry. Like, that's the whole point. Like, is that not the whole point that we started this whole podcast in the first place? Yeah. It's like for these real conversations of just two people having a normal conversation and this pops up and it's just this is you know i i don't know about you but i want to normalize stuff like this where yeah. it's like i don't want you to feel bad i don't want you to have sweaty palms and get all confuffled with the fact you've just I think said I that said confusticated i think was the word i used <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> like that's this is okay like i that's what i mean like i want to normalize stuff like this where people we're we're educating each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because most people would cut this out, but we're not going to. No, see, I don't want to, because I no. want people to hear stuff like this and know that it's it's okay. Like, and, may, and maybe this is just, because some people might be listening to this and, and wouldn't have... Picked up on it. You know, like at me, all, yeah. Because if I me listening to it, obviously because I said it, I yeah. wouldn't have picked up on it. Exactly, but it's just... It's just expanding your knowledge of how other people think yeah you know there's other perspectives and i think that that's that's important. more compassionate we're incredible species that have the brain capacity to be able to to change the language we use between <laughs> different people so why not so. exercise <laughs> that muscle you know what i mean so i'm cautious to bring this up because i have a love-hate relationship with the bbc as um as, as you know. know yeah but uh, they only have like a i'm only going to quote a little bit of it of an article. Go for it. Um, from November twenty twenty. Okay. Um, so best month of year. <laughs> <laughs> At the start of November, with all the darker evenings and stuff, they saw um. Eight percent of adults were always or often lonely, and the eight percent of adults represented four point two million people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people that feel always or often lonely. And the BBC went on to say that this was the peak in this measure of loneliness since the lockdown in March. So November 2020 was the peak at that point. And um, the I didn't know we had this. So I think it's really important to to mention to people who live yeah. in the UK that there's a loneliness minister. Seriously? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to butcher his name. Baroness Baron? Baroness Baron. Baroness Baron. Uh, weird, anyway. Baroness Baron. Baroness Baron, yeah. What a name. What a name. Um, said that the few, the next few months will be, I quote, incredibly challenging. My question is, do you think that that was the case? Do I think that the next few months of the December, the winter months are going to be more challenging? Yeah. No, not what, like, not are. I mean, were. Because now yeah. we've, 
you know, we're recording this in February. So I I think it can. I think because I I think no matter what, it's like loneliness isn't its own thing. Like yes, in terms of like being classed as you know, I would say like I'm a lonely person, but it's not just the feeling of lonely that it's not like that's one feeling because you have feeling anxious or feeling depressed and that all goes in and that can make you feel lonely so i think with shorter nights not as much daytime colder weather yeah of course like that's a whole lot of like negative feeling like people start and finish work in the dark but do you think it was incredibly challenging for you personally that's my question um, and for everyone listening as well, just take a little think. Do you think from November till now when you're listening to this, do you think that they were incredibly challenging months? I think they were because, I mean, November time is my birthday. Uh, obviously, December we have Christmas. Um, we have the new generation of my family. Is Her birthday is in December. Sorry, no, her birthday is in the end of November. So like we had a lot of birthdays that, got missed and you couldn't go to and so that that was pretty tough especially christmas time was i know we got that bit of leave you got a few households and stuff like that but it wasn't like nobody will say like that was the same as normal christmas mm-hmm. so i definitely think thinking back on it now it probably were tough probably the toughest months so far yeah on a personal level but obviously everything will be different especially if you've lost somebody during the time mm-hmm. of covid Whatever, whenever that happened, I would assume yeah. that that would be the toughest time for you. So, but what about you? Do you, would you say the winter months were the hardest? Yeah. Hmm. Why? I think that there's a huge. When you think about the very start of when COVID happened. Or sorry, not when it happened, but the outbreak, you know, for the UK specifically in March. There's a lot of camaraderie around it. You know, we did the whole NHS clapping every Thursday and that was great. And, you know, there was a lot of like weird team. We're all going through this together. But just like anything, like the natural cycle of the longer it goes on, like the less we feel like that. And we're now looking at the longest we've been it's almost a year like i think that that's what people are saying to themselves it's almost a year that we've been in this bloody lockdown and now we're seeing i think as well it's been really challenging because when you see in the other side of the world for us you know australia and new zealand they're they're real really opening up you know for themselves and opening up my brother he's living in australia he's going to a concert and like i know a few weeks time literally so it's like i we i can just about go to the park with somebody if i, I wanted know. to but at the same time he's going to yeah. do that so that can be very challenging you're right it's crazy gotcha. are you surprised that the level of people feeling lonely has risen since i'm gonna butcher this year but <laughs> i'm gonna say 1984 could be in and around there so early early to mid 80s Absolutely not. I'm not surprised at all. Do you know why? Or what's been a main contribution to it? I asked you this before I tell you. Well, I've I've said it once on this, I'll say it again. Hustle culture. I think it's the hustle culture that we've been getting into. Yeah, we're very um when when you see the you you can see a shift in our social interactions of from then of being, you know, very you I mean, you would know your neighbour, wouldn't you? Yeah. You would know your neighbour back then? Do you know your neighbour now? No, because we're... Well, a lot of people don't. Or a lot of people don't have close relationships with their yeah. neighbours or the people on their street. I yeah, mean, nobody, can you... Yeah, cool for it. I know what you're going to say. Can so. you tell me the name of the person who lives across the street and four houses down? Even two doors down. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? But... Mm-hmm. We're so focused on ourselves now, and in a way, in some ways, it's great because, you know, we're now looking at ourselves for boundaries and yada, 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 and it's so good. Yada, 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 yada. but it's like we're forcing loneliness on ourselves. Dragon. As a culture. Hmm. Yeah, I do think so, because when you, you know, you can look at the West and you look at the East, our cultures are so different. True. Like you look different. at the UK and you look at the the Netherlands, 
or sorry, the Scandinavian countries is what I'm actually trying to speak of. They are two completely different cultures of of who who's important. True. Yeah. You know what I mean? Family's huge for them, isn't it? Family's huge for them. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I yeah, it is. Often, but... Totally. Family and friends are huge. And when you th- when you think over in the UK, maybe, and actually even maybe in America as well, I would I would be tempted to say that's more of a personal family thing where it's like certain families are close to their families and other families aren't. It's not a whole culture thing. Mm-hmm. But go on, tell me why. Why is it? I think it's hustle culture. But... So around that time is when the internet started taking up. Oh, and then yeah. obviously you have years later where social media. So ever since social media has came out, loneliness has risen drastically. Do you not think social media? I mean, definitely. But I, I class social media as a tool and a cog within hustle culture. Well, it can't be used for that. Like, yeah, I think originally it wasn't meant to be that way, but that's what no. we've turned it into. Like, how often? And I like I want. Um, people who are listening to this as well ask themselves this right now how often do you have conversations with somebody that that last a whole hour regularly I know I don't no maybe over the whole course of the day if you're in a house with your family then you've probably talked about an hour but I mean me personally no probably I spend most of my time in my room doing different things and different stuff and I can't remember the last time I've sat in the living room and had like a three hour conversation or two hour conversation with my parents Mm -hmm. I'll come in every now and again like it's not like I'm just avoiding them but (laughs) so it's like being alone is so normalised now Mm -hmm. even pre-covid outbreak yeah you know Mm. that's an interesting food for thought it is that's why I'm staring into the abyss going what the hell (laughs) like we've normalised it so much that like I completely agree with you with social media. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it was intended to connect us, and it yeah. just... I'll not take the credit for it. It was um, somebody else's study and survey. They yeah. done all the hard work. I'm just portraying it. Mm-hmm. But just, like... I personally think that social media has, has completely damaged our um, attention span. I have the shortest attention yeah. span ever. Like, I'm flicking through and through and through. Like, when you're scrolling through Instagram, like, you don't sit and look at one post for, like, five minutes. You probably look at a post for about five seconds, if even. There's a lot that you're just scrolling through until something picks up your attention. Yeah, until something just catches your eye. And then you think, mm, bored with Instagram. I'm going to go on to TikTok. And then you're on TikTok for, well, you can be on TikTok for about three hours, if I'm being honest. But then <laughs> once you're bored of that, if you're bored of it, you go, mm, I'm going to go on Pinterest now. Yeah. And you're flicking through all these different things because we're, we've become so greedy with with what we indulge our senses into. You know, like one thing isn't enough anymore, like one conversation. Imagine having a conversation with a friend or a family member for like two hours. I know. I think I think what um the biggest eye opener for me was was when you downloaded that app that tells you how long you're on all your apps. Yeah. Now I I don't have that on my phone. I have something else that tells me whenever I've been on my phone for like just comes up to the R and then mm-hmm. just a wee tiny bubble comes up on my phone saying one R, two R, three R. Yeah. And I'm like, God, if I like if I even took 20% of the time off of that mm. and talk to somebody. I like, know. that would help so much. Seriously, yeah. I know. It's so hard to do, though, because you're just, you're just in, you're just in your own, your it's, own rhythm. Yeah, it's not our habits. No. It's not normal to us to just go down and sit. I mean, it... If it is to some people, just not necessarily me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, if I was to go downstairs and... <laughs> <laughs> try and talk to my parents to be like, I want to talk for a whole hour. Just a whole hour. Turn the TV off. Put the phones away. We're just going to chat about life. Hard days have gone. My parents would look at me like I have five heads and go, what are you doing? Because mm. it's just not normal. Like, And that's yeah. that's not a fault on any family. That's not a fault on any friendship. It's just, that's just not our normal. So it's not. 
you know? And people are okay with that. But, like, it would have been. Exactly. So, like, another example that pops into my head was, and my mum keeps reminding me of this, I, I don't know how many times now, that um, we were at a restaurant, and I must have been I'm young, I would say, I'll just throw out an age, like, eight, like, really, really young, like, before secondary school. Baby uh, Dean. Baby me. And we mean my family, so mum and dad, my brother and me, out for a meal, and we were just talking away, doing what we were just just having a, an actual conversation, not on phones or anything like that. And there was like a, an Asian family beside us, mm-hmm. and that Asian family were all of them were on their own individual, like phones or iPads or whatever it was. They were just that was just what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And my mum looked over and was like, God. That's that will never be us and stuff like that. Like, I'll, I'll never do that and go on and do it. And it's mm. like, not even, because it's not like it's just started now, but like not even five to ten years later. Yeah. And we're doing the exact same thing. We go out. When do you not have your phone on you when you go out? Mm-hmm. So. Literally. Crazy. Do you think, um, do you think loneliness is a mental health problem? Uh, yeah, I would. I think so. I mean, I definitely think it's with our own minds that loneliness is con- construed. So yeah. Would I surprise you if I told you it actually isn't? Well, what is it then? Um. Because you would. So I'm ready for a debate. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just off um mind.org. Right. Yeah, you know, and they have their own scientists yeah. and stuff within it. But they say that they're not, you know, or that loneliness isn't a mental health problem, but the two are very closely linked. Like, having a mental health problem can increase your chances of feeling lonely and vice versa. Right, okay, yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, it's a scale, you know, when yes. one, one tips, the other does as well and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feeling lonely can have, a like, a negative impact on your mental health, of course, um, especially, especially if those feelings have lasted a long time. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not that loneliness actually is a mental health problem. Now I didn't dive into chronic loneliness, so I don't know what that would be classed as. But just for the average Joe, oh, what is it then? Chronic loneliness is when you feel lonely at least once a week. That's yeah. classified as okay. Chronic loneliness. So then there you go. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of people that have just Mm. heard that and gone, I have chronic loneliness. That's when you're classed as being chronically lonely. So, no, I wouldn't consider that as a mental health problem. No, No, and when you put it like that, it's like they both coincide and it is to do with like our own heads. And yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So. What would you say causes loneliness? What are like the things that you think? I said earlier, loss, moving, um, low self-esteem, don't have very many relationships or don't have many relationships that are positive. And by relationships, I don't mean going out with someone. I mean just like a friendship group or like just social connections. Um, You know, I think being bullied can make you feel very lonely or having Mm -hmm. something different about yourself. So Mm -hmm. like you see here... Black people talk about it all the time if they've grew, grown up in a white neighborhood and they're the only black person in it, they get bullied for it. And yep. Like that can make you feel very lonely. Of course. So I think what isn't the natural looked at thing for that specific area? Social norm. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. The social mm-hmm. norms. So in whatever area you do live in, or if you haven't, as you said before, disabilities can cause it, mm-hmm. can cause yourself feeling lonely. So. It's a lot to do with us, though, as well as as humans, because we, you can even maybe say, because of the hustle culture, we like to try and have this like dominance hierarchy to see who's the best, and anyone who isn't the best, and you pick on them, mm-hmm. and that can cause people to feel lonely. So, but yeah, any more that you would like to add that I've missed out on? Do you know what fascinates me so much is the fact that you were just able to rhyme off so many causes of loneliness and I know that you're not the only person that can do that, Mm. you know, I would be able to rhyme off my own list 
the person listening to this would be able to rhyme off their own list, but yeah, it's still such a problem, even though we're so aware Where? of the causes. I think it's the problems because it's so hard to get out from, like, underneath its grasp, if you want to put it that way. Like, it can be very challenging whenever you're, oh, yeah, totally. when you're low to try and pick yourself up. Because at the end of the day, with all the help of other people, which is necessary as well, mm-hmm. you, you still have to do some parts yourself. No, totally. But, like, what I'm referring to right now is the fact that we're so, as as a population which is brilliant, so aware of the causes of mm-hmm. loneliness, yet so many people are still slipping yeah. in through those causes, you know? I think it just takes one person to remind you, like, you do know these. You can look out for them for yourself. And for others. Yeah, no, it just caught me off guard with you saying that list. I was just thinking while I was listening to you, like, wow, like, we are so knowledgeable of all the causes. Not all the causes, but so many causes that we've already felt or seen of loneliness, yet we still slip into it. And there'll be a hundred others that I would have missed or not said or just haven't even heard of before Mm -hmm. that you'll be able to educate me on later on. No, totally. Like, um... Drew some research showed that um or suggests sorry that loneliness is associated with um an increased risk of certain mental health problems such as depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, but also sleep problems. Yep. And increased stress. Mhm. Increased stress also you get increased blood pressure. You get pleasure. Blood pressure. <laughs> yeah. High blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> You get high blood pressure, you can get higher cholesterol. Mm-hmm. It was a stat that I haven't written down, so I'm going to try and remember it off vision. We actually spoke about it in a past podcast on life pressures. Mm-hmm. We did indeed. About the whole brain function. Yeah. So loneliness, like chronic loneliness, is it was something like 14%. You have a higher chance of having like an early death, 14%, because of the stress and strain it puts on your body. Yeah. Which is mental. Mm-hmm. Mental. It's like, wow, something that you're feeling can cause your own body to shut down quicker. Yeah. Because, so. like, as we said in that past podcast, like, we all feel stress. Yeah. We all feel it. Yeah, like, you, it's, you can't it's get just away from a, it. Yeah. Because part, partly it's a bit good. But. Yeah. Crazy. But the fact that, like, stress can cause loneliness. I can totally say that. Whenever you're stressed, yeah. you feel like you're the only one there. Like, you're in it on your own. Like, nobody can help you. No one can pull you out of it right now. And... Not only that, half the time that people say how to get out of stress is remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. You, you're instantly making yourself alone as a person. And if you're mm. susceptible to feeling lonely, then that's how you're going to feel. Yeah, as, you're as so your right. So, not that I'm saying don't remove yourself from the situation, yeah. but I'm saying, you know, like it's... Yeah. You know, the, sometimes there's no perfect option. Yeah. There's just a lesser evil. I couldn't agree more. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um... What else? Yeah. So when I said about, um, or I asked, what do you think causes loneliness? There was one thing you didn't mention that um, I did. I did a load of research on causes of it. And a lot of them, I kind of, I didn't even write them down because I was like, we we could recite them anyway. And Mm. you did. Mm. So poetically. I'm glad you had that confidence in me that I would be able to. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And, but there was one thing that really struck me. What I miss. Comparing ourselves to others. Yeah. Totally. So right. They're so bad for it. Like, let's... Like... To have another Oprah Winfrey moment, like, let's just take a moment to actually let that... No, seriously. Like, let us take a moment to, to let that sink in. Comparing ourselves to others is a cause of loneliness. Yeah. Because it's not only... Comparing yourself. You're not giving it a moment. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, go on. I'm already messing. <laughs> it's, it's not only comparing yourself in terms of looks. It's yeah. comparing yourself in terms of, oh, look at this person. They have, as we class in our own brains, everything. You know, mm-hmm. they have a nice house. They have a car. They have a nice car that I want. But I, oh, I could never afford that. But you mm-hmm. compare yourself and you put yourself down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. You are you. Just... Go be you. 
That's so much easier said than done. Oh, so much. I don't do that. (laughs) I'm saying it, but I don't do it. I try. (laughs) That's brilliant. Yeah, no, I just, I thought it was so important to put this in because we normally don't associate that with loneliness. Like, it's important to remind yourself that you don't know how other people feel when they're alone Mm -hmm. and and when their social media feeds are turned off. You don't know how they are, you know, and it's if you if you find that social media is um igniting comparing yourself to people if it's if it's really um pushing you towards doing that maybe maybe it's time to just take a little social media detox and when I you know social media detoxes don't have to be as serious as like what they sound like sometimes I can go from just an extreme of not being on my phone um at all that day i've you know i just don't touch my phone other times um i can log out of my social media accounts other times i delete my social media apps until i need it again and other times i just go do you know what i'm just unfollowing and unfriending a load of people that that just don't make you feel good if you know that when you see someone's post and you you know that you either compare yourself to them or, you know, they bring up maybe a bad memory. Yep. You know, or um, they they're triggering something. You know, a lot of people. I, I, I I'm going to speak for a girl's perspective, but I Go know that this is a huge problem in men, and I want to really emphasize that because people don't realize that this is a huge problem for men as well. But I am going to speak for the female perspective. Our generation has a huge problem with body dysmorphia. Yeah, You know, it is a huge problem, and we will speak about this at some other time, but why, like, I, I just want to ask you right now, because I had to ask myself this a while ago, a long while ago, why are you following these people that are only showing a body that you have put yourself in danger of to get? Yeah. Like, let me say that again, because I know that at least one person is going to relate to this. Why are you following that person or those people that have the body that you have put yourself in danger of trying to get? It's not worth it. Why would you do that to yourself? You're so, so much more important and precious to do that to yourself, you know? Because it's like, what, 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 what are you giving up for? It? You know, you could get all the look in the world. I'm gonna use Chris Pratt as an example. Mm. Chris Pratt didn't get like ripped as what you can imagine as ripped, but got fairly well built. You know, six pack for one of his Marvel films, mm-hmm. and for I cannot believe I've forgotten the name of his TV show, but his <laughs> funny TV show that he's that he has, he was like really, really like overweight compared to what you were used to seeing him as. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking in an interview, I think it was with Graham Norton or something. And he was like, yeah, Graham Norton asked him a question about his size and stuff like that. About like getting ripped for the scenes. And he was like, yeah, so I had a really strict diet, but I, I give up my own humor for it. Yeah. So the more he stressed and strained his body to get down to looking great, his whole character changed. He said he was hangry all the time yeah. and pissy and couldn't take as much mm-hmm. stick. And mm-hmm. I was like, so... You know, think about what you're actually going to give up if you push yourself all the way through the limit. And that's only your own personality. That's not actual health problems that you could actually give yourself. Yeah. Just strive for this one look that you want. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, just, as I said before, just be you. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. Mm-hmm. Literally. So. so maybe just take a little think if your social media is maybe making you feel a little bit more alone. What can you do with that? You know, do you just need a little time off social media, or yeah. are there a few people that you need to maybe? The social medias have invented a very brilliant button called limit, and that's when you don't yep. want to unfollow somebody because it's rude. <laughs> but which? It's because you're too nice. Because you're too nice, yes. But it'll limit the amount. That is shown on your own feed. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I use that button. I make good use out of that limit button. I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. for sure. 
What's it on? Is that just on Instagram or is that it's just... on Instagram, um, on Facebook, and oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's on Twitter too. And yeah, so it's brilliant. Just to close up though, um, or to kind of wrap it up, um, I have my own ways of how to manage loneliness. Do you? Yeah, I've I've three main ones that I put down. Yeah, I've sort of talked about them a bit throughout, but I'm just going to say them on their own again. But you can go first. Okay, well I'll say when you say one, yeah. Okay, go for it. Okay. Take it slow. You don't need to rush into anything. Meeting new people and, and reaching out can actually be really terrifying for some of us. Yeah. So maybe try doing a class where there are other people attending, but you don't necessarily need to interact with them just yet. Maybe you're just, it's the fact that you're just gauging other people's names, mm. you know, being becoming familiar with these other people's names that maybe one day maybe in a few weeks, maybe in a month, you will start talking to, you know, and you're more familiar with them. It's not as scary. You know that they're regulars. They're joining a a club for a hobby that you really like. You know that you two have that interest. Mm -hmm. So there's always already a connection there. It's maybe just knowing that there are other people there might be a warming feeling, you know? So, so just take it slow. Like if, if it's, if it's a problem, with the fact that you don't have that many people around you, that many f- close friends, like, don't rush into it just yet. Don't be like, oh my god, I have to get friends right now. Like, if that's if if you're okay with that, do that. Yeah. But if it's a scary thing for you, you know, don't put yourself under that pressure. You know. Because you only hurt yourself in the long run. You put exactly. yourself under such pressure. That's when stress and strain comes into it. Yeah. And then. You know, you don't want to go down an even worse rabbit hole than what you're already in. Totally. So So what's one you have? I have do things that you know that will help you, that you actually want to do. And like that's the most important thing. Like doing something that you want to do is half the battle. Like if you know it's gonna better yourself and of getting out of a situation that you're in, whether you're feeling sad, whether you're feeling down, whether you're feeling lonely, whether you're feeling anxious, whether you're feeling depressed, anything if you know it's gonna help you and you really want to do it and you go and do it try not to make any excuses for not doing it if you know it's going to be good for you and you want to do it yeah do you know what actually my my next point i'm actually going to link to that what i was going to say is um try to open up so sometimes you know it feels like you know plenty of people but what's actually wrong is that you don't really feel that close to them you know that quality of relationship again um or that they don't give you the care and attention you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so as intimidating as it can be, it's probably time to open up about how you feel, either to them or, you know, even a therapist. I'll go into therapy in a minute here. But, you know, if you feel like you're... So the point that I was trying to make with, before linking it to you is if you feel that people, you know, you're not getting the love, care and attention yeah. that you need, like... Just have a conversation about that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just maybe maybe try and open that up a little bit more. Like, you just need to state your needs. Like, that needs to become more of a more of a normal thing. But um, linking it to what you say of doing stuff that, you, you know, you want and what you need. Mm-hmm. See, opening up and telling people, like, you feel lonely, which is a very intimidating thing. And first yeah. of all, if you do, pat yourself on the back, seriously. Yeah. I'll pat you on the back mm-hmm. without... Us even having to interact because it's a bloody scary thing to do. But if you tell people, you know, even just one trusted person that you're feeling lonely, then that's an, you know, accountability partner of that person knows that you're lonely. So they're going to push you to make sure you don't make the excuses to do the things mm. that you know are going to help you and that you want to do, you know. Um, I was going to talk about therapy. Therapy can be really intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine. But. Um, there are talking therapies out there that allow you to explore your feelings and understand them a little bit better, you know, and actually more times than enough, we just need a soundboard to listen to us. And yep. we normally can decode our own feelings and thoughts without the other person ever needing to say a single word. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so evolved that way. It's brilliant. You know, there isn't a different type of therapy, which is... um really good for loneliness um which is uh cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy i know it's um becoming more popular nowadays 
Um, and like it focuses on how your thoughts, beliefs and attitudes affect your feelings and behavior. Mm-hmm. And it like CBT teaches you coping skills and stuff um, for dealing with the different problems that just pop up in yeah. this crazy life, you know. Yeah. So just if you are struggling with loneliness, which we all have, yeah. I personally have sought out these types of therapies yeah. and they've worked. So if it's past the point of just a talk with your friend yeah. or your partner or, or your parents, you know, there are those two options to go a bit further. So yeah. Indeed. What was what was your other one? Well, it actually links in quite well with this. It's almost like we planned this, but we actually haven't planned <laughs> it because we've been talking about it a lot. I touched on it at the start, and it's just focus on quality relationships with people mm-hmm. that you connect with and that you get along with, and that, as I've said before, that have your best interests at heart. Yeah, you know, this is everything that you've just said there now. Is the exact reason of why you need that. I don't need to go over it again. No, but totally. Somebody that cares for you, that yeah. wants the best for you. Mm-hmm. Even one person's good enough. I mean, people can have three, four good, good friends, but you mostly have at least that, like one best friend. Yeah, totally. You can rely on. So. Yeah. Was that your last one? No, I got one more. Okay. Well, my last one is, and I'm going to stress this so much. Just look after yourself. It's a vicious cycle. Feeling lonely is crap. Yeah, it is. And it can hugely impact our general well-being, which then in turn might make it harder to make the positive steps to feel better, which makes us feel more lonely. That's what I'm saying. It's a vicious, horrible, ugly circle. So just look after yourself. And when I say look after yourself, and I hate when people bring this up because, do you know what? Exercise is great for our mental health. We all know that. But I personally care more about the everyday slower movements like stretching and going for a walk every day and even you know the odd occasional yoga session which is mostly stretching and you know just putting a little bit more strain on on certain body parts and it's more like toning instead of going to the gym and pumping out however many you can do like stretching your body i cannot express how important and how many health benefits stretching does so if you stretch in the morning or at night or in the middle of your day just even like a five minute or five different poses you hold them for 15 20 seconds every day i promise you it's so important like our bodies need to move since covid the general public of the uk appreciate daily exercise much more than before pre-covid you know like everybody wants to go on their daily walks and stuff like everyone wants to go to the park everyone wants to go on like a hike or something now because it's been taken away yeah spending time outside and with animals as well they're more fun ways of coping with loneliness i mean have you ever hugged a dog or a cat like whether you're a dog or a cat person have you ever just hugged you you know Either one of those, whether it's your pet or a friend's pet, you just feel automatically better just having a cuddle with them. Yeah. Or going outside in nature with different vibrations. It's it's natural. You've got fresh air. You've got space. It's not the same four walls that you're already seeing. Like, Yeah, well, everyone will react in their own different way. And see if you don't know. If you don't. If, like, if you don't know that you do or don't like any of the things that Rach has just said, mm-hmm. just go ahead and try it once. Totally. Just try it once. <laughs> so my final point. Were you finished before I? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was you. Don't look down on loneliness. Like, don't think of it as this thing that is weighing you down and it's a problem. It's like feeling lonely. Like everyone is going to feel that at some point. Even if it's, as I said, if it's just for a minute or if it's any longer than that, you will always feel lonely at one point in your life. Instead of looking at it as a problem, just look at it as a sign that something needs to change mm-hmm. or adapt. Because all we want is to live with just a bit more joy yeah. in life. So totally. if you feel lonely, don't get frustrated with yourself. Don't get worked up. Yeah. Just go, okay. Because half the battle is realizing it. Mm-hmm. Damage can be kept. Like you can... can deal more damage by just not realizing it and ignoring it and going down the rabbit hole as soon as you realize don't be harsh on yourself just relax and say okay something's something's got to change let's see what i want to change Mm -hmm. that will do me good and if it doesn't do you good well at least you know now 
because it's not going to be forward steps all the time. You're going to get a step back. And you're going to get knocked down a little bit mm-hmm. here and there. But you'll get there. It'll take time or somebody will be able to do it in 20 seconds. We're all different. We all react in different ways. Do you know what? Like, I would actually really encourage somebody, if you're feeling lonely, to have a conversation about it, actually. Yeah. I know that we normally end it, you know, end our podcast with, have a conversation and start it with the question. But, like, I actually mean this in a different way of just, anytime that you are feeling lonely, there's a certain safety that comes with two people being vulnerable and saying, I feel or I've felt lonely too. You know what I mean? And if you're somebody that doesn't have anyone, even saying it out so it's out in the universe. Yeah. So I encourage everybody who's listening to this to start a conversation um, with the question, do you think that there's a difference between being alone and being lonely? And you can let us know. Let us know. Yeah. In fact, please let us know. Yeah. I want to know. I really enjoyed this conversation. So did I. I really did. Yeah. Been talking for like, I don't know, an hour or so. Yeah. It was great. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's different to being on my phone 24-7. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it's nice to actually just talk for an hour. But anyway, everyone stay safe and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Yeah. Talk to some people.